Well, again, welcome to all of you, especially our guests here, especially our guests from our school family, Trinity. This is, uh, we're off to a great start for Lutheran Schools Week. I was wondering this morning, is the weather, I'm like, oh, come on again. But you all braved it, and uh, we are here, and praise God for that. This whole year, we've been doing this theme called Family Matters. It's a theme in our school and in our church. There's a lot of these green shirts around with the Family Matters logo on it. And as a part of our theme, we started a a new sermon series just a couple of weeks ago, and you can see the title on the screen there, Modern Biblical Family. And what we've been doing with this series, if you haven't been with us, is taking a look at some questions that I think we're all asking in our society, and they're tough questions, and they're sensitive questions, but as we've been looking at them, we've been trying to do it with truth, but also with a whole lot of love as well. I think that's all we can do, look at it with both truth and love. So a couple of weeks ago, the question we were dealing with is, who am I? The question of identity, and these are very confusing times for identity. And last week, we looked at the question, what is marriage, especially since all of our laws have changed since 2015? The question I want to look at today is, what is a child? What is a child? Last Tuesday, marked 46 years since the Supreme Court decision Roe v. Wade legalized abortion in this country. As I start this morning, what I'd like you to do is listen to something to kind of set the tone for us. So we're going to hit the lights, take a listen to this. Right where you are, I just want you to, right there in your seats, just shut your eyes. What you're about to hear are the sounds of metal BBs striking the side of a tin can. For every BB that strikes, it represents 10,000 lives lost in the wars of America's past. 10,000 lives for every BB. This is the reality of what is occurring in your country. The American Revolution. The Civil War. World War I, World War II, the Korean conflict, the conflict in Vietnam, September 11th and the War on Terror. Since 1973, the war of the unborn child. God help us. I've played it for two other services already. I've listened to it at least a dozen times. Every time it is the same thing. It just takes my breath away. You're listening to it and you just think it's going to stop, right? And it just keeps going. And you just want it to stop. Friends, it's got to stop. 
It has got to stop. God help us. Now I know that as I bring up this topic this morning, it's very likely that there are are some folks here today who are deeply wounded by choices they've made in the past and they regret it greatly. That's the thing nobody ever really talks about. It's the aftermath. The regrets, the the grief, the, the guilt, the shame, the depression. And that often one suffers in silence and suffers all alone. I'm not bringing this up this morning, my friends, to inflict more pain on anyone. Just the opposite. And we've got to talk about this. But as we do, if, if that is you, if you are deeply wounded, or maybe it's somebody that you know and you need to relay this message to them, but if that is you, then I want you to know this morning, in your heart, not in your mind, you know, we all know the right answers. No, I want you to know in the depths of your heart that the love and the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus is for you. And it is for what you've done. It's not just for some of us. It's for all of us. It's not for just some things that we've done. It's for everything that we've done, no matter what it is. See, sometimes we concoct this idea in our mind that, you know, Jesus shed his blood for our minor mistakes and failures in life. And that there's just some things that are out of bounds. They are just unforgivable. And the reason why I think we do that to ourselves is because we can't seem to forgive ourselves. My brothers and sisters, Jesus shed his divine, precious blood for our total failures, for the train wrecks that we've made, for the times in our lives where we can't even believe what we've done. You ever ever said that to yourself? Like, what have I done? You can't even believe you did it. For the things that we stuff deep down inside and we just suffer for years in grief and in shame. I've heard those confessions. My brothers and sisters, if that's you, if you can't seem to accept this forgiveness, if you can't bring yourself to forgive yourself, then I would just humbly offer to you that we as your pastors, we are here for you. That's what our ministry is all about. We are here for you. We are not here to judge you. We are here to offer to you the healing forgiveness of Jesus. That's our calling in this life. We're here to assure you of his great love for you. I invite you, if that's you, just get in touch with one of us. Come talk to us. And if you say, well, I can't talk to, talk to you guys. Well, then please, would you please find someone that you trust and who knows Jesus and loves him and is so familiar with his grace and his forgiveness? Because it's, it's time. It's time. It's time that you let go of this and that you give this burden to Jesus. There is nothing that can separate you from his love except you. If you won't accept his love, if you won't believe it and trust in his love for you, There is nothing you could ever do that would make our Lord stop loving you. You are his child. And those of us here who are parents, so proud of our kids, you get that. We get that. I get it, right? I mean, my my kids sometimes, they can, you know, drive me crazy, just like every parent. 
But there is nothing they could ever do that would ever make me stop loving them. My love for them is so strong. And I'm a weak human. He is God Almighty. Think how strong and how powerful and how fierce his love is for you. You are his child. So with that is our foundation. That's our foundation, his grace and his mercy. Let's look at this question. What is a child? It's really Jesus who changed everything. The story that I read for you of Jesus blessing the little children, it changed everything. Even in his days in Jewish society, children were kind of less than. Right? And Jewish society is very family-oriented, but then even, even in Jewish society, children are kind of like, eh, they're not fully a part of the community yet, they're not adults. And so now you can kind of understand why the disciples were so upset that they were taking so much of Jesus' time. Get these kids out of here! Greek and Roman culture around them was even worse. They would pick and choose which children they wanted to keep. And the ones that they didn't want to keep... And oftentimes, sorry ladies, but it was the females or the disabled, they would abandon them. They would take them out in the middle of nowhere and leave them to die. Or they would take them out to the trash heap and leave them to die. It was the earliest Christians inspired by Jesus who would go and rescue these children They'd save them from exposure, from starvation, from the wild animals. They would save them from the others who would come and take them and then sell them into slavery or prostitution. They saw children as treasures. And we we live in a throwaway culture, right? If I don't have a use for it, if I don't need it, if I don't want it, I just throw it away. And our trash piles, they just keep piling up, right? And what's even worse is that we can have that same mentality towards other people. We, we can see people that way. You know, if, if I don't have a purpose for you or use for you, you have no value to me. And we can really, we can even do that with the most vulnerable, with children. We've made it all about our choices. My will, my decisions. Whether I want or whether I need Does this fit my purposes? And those are the questions we ask ourselves. Is is now a good time for me? Are these the right circumstances? Can I do this? Oh, and can I have my lifestyle? Can I afford that? Or are they going to just be a drain on my resources? An inconvenience to my life, my plans, where I want to go? That is our culture's attitude towards children. And so we have birth control to control that, right? And if that fails, then we have a backup plan since 1973. Even if we'd never go down that route, think about the things that we say, right? Our words, they're powerful. Think about the things that we say. Jokingly, right? The one that we didn't plan for, we say, oh, that one was our mistake. Are you kidding me? I have even heard parents in the presence of the child say, oh, she was our oops. Really? 
You have any idea what that says to a child? They didn't really want me. They didn't really plan for me. My brothers and sisters, a child is and always is, no matter the circumstances. And I understand sometimes the circumstances are extraordinarily difficult, almost seemingly impossible to us. But no matter, a child is and always is a gift, a life given to us by God to be received with thanksgiving, always. We as Christians adamantly believe that life begins at conception. Let me give you one reason why we know this. We know this in our hearts. Because when we lose a child from the womb, it hurts. Those of us who have had miscarriages, it hurts. Shelley and I, we experienced that twice. It hurts. We grieve life lost in the womb like we grieve life lost outside the womb. My brothers and sisters, every child, every child is a unique and unrepeatable person created in the image and the likeness of Almighty God and made for a relationship with Him as a daughter or as a son. This is what God has planned for us. This is why it's, this child is always, always a gift. Do you, have you ever thought about this before? how amazingly, infinitely big our God is, so that of all the billions of people that have ever existed, ever will exist, exist now, every one of them has the unique imprint of our God on them. There is no one else who has the unique reflection of God that you do, or your child Or as the kids sang for us, I thank you, God, for making me, me. Because there ain't nobody else like me. That's the gift. That's the gift. Every child is a gift. Now I realize, sometimes we have to remind ourselves of this. Again, those of us who are parents, parenting is hard. It gets frustrating at times. There are times we need to remind ourselves those moments of frustration where we need to look at our child and say, son, daughter, you are a gift of God. (laughs) I may or may not have even said that this morning to one of my own children. (laughs) Here's another one. Maybe you already do this. You've had one of those difficult days. Go in and look at them while they're sleeping. It always works. Even when they're teenagers, it still works. And give them a kiss. And lay your hands upon their head and bless them. Like Jesus. Because parents, that is our holy calling and our sacred task. To be the hands and the voice of Jesus to bless the children, our children, but they're his children, actually, and he has entrusted them to us. And of all the plans and the hopes and the dreams that we have for our children, there's only one thing that lasts forever. Our holy calling in this life is to teach them who they are by teaching them whose they are, that they are his and they are his forever. Our Trinity family believes this. We believe every child is a gift. 
This is why we pour so much energy and so many resources into our ministry for children and for their families. We want to call every unique and unrepeatable child into a faith relationship with Jesus who loves them so much. We want to teach them how to be lifelong disciples. We train them to be lifelong disciples of Jesus. As Mrs. Price said, to teach them to be missionaries, to take what they've received and give it to the world so that when all is said and done, when they come then to their eternal destiny, they will meet Jesus. And they will live with him forever and with all of his friends, the saints. And by God's grace, we have been so privileged as a church since our founding in 1874 to have our Lutheran school. For 145 years, our Lutheran school has been parenting or has been partnering with parents who want to bring their children to Jesus and get them ready for heaven. That's the reason, and it's the only reason why we have a Lutheran school. That's our mission. And by the way, while we're accomplishing our mission, we just so happen to give our children an absolutely excellent education because we want to teach them who they really are, whose they are. We want them to understand and discover the gifts that God has given to them, whether it's music or art or knowledge so they can discover God's call for them in this life as well, so that they can be those missionaries and go out and serve Him and live out their lives for His glory. My friends, in this culture of ours, we need our Lutheran school more than we've ever needed it. You've heard it takes a village. Uh Uh-uh. It takes a church. It takes a family of faith to raise a child today. I know I need that at support as a parent. We all do. And I am so thankful for this church, for Trinity, for all the sacrifices that we make. And because we believe this, we look at every child who walks in and we say, no, these are our children. We are a family. And I want to especially thank this sea of green over here, although most of them have sweaters on because it's so cold out today, but the sea of green over here, because this is our staff. These are the people who make so many sacrifices, and they so fiercely love our children. And they love Jesus, and they want to make that connection. That's why they do what they do. I want to ask them to stand, if they would, please. And would you please join me in honoring them for their service to us.